Welcome back to Tears, Ties, and Transformation, a podcast about healing. I am Kiana Daniels. And I am Bridget Flaherty. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Cheyenne Myrick. Hi, my name is Cheyenne Myrick. I'm an entrepreneur, financial coach, co-author, and a survivor of domestic violence. We first met Cheyenne at our episode six listening party for another one of our guests, and she attended that event. And yesterday she shared that she was so moved by the conversation and the vulnerability and transparency of our conversations and of the interview that we actually had the listening party for and wanted to be a part of this community so that she could share her story and to continue her healing journey and to be connected with other women who were trying to help one another be their best selves, be their more healed selves, and to be more connected to their higher selves. And so it was really great to sit down and have a conversation with her about her life and her accomplishments and her healing and where it's led her. I'm really excited to learn more about Cheyenne. One of the things we ask our potential guests to do is fill out a form and let us know why they want to be on the podcast, a little bit about their history and Reviewing that, I am genuinely excited to learn more about this powerful woman. So here we are. Yes, here we are. So as we got into our conversation about healing and her journey, I asked her, of course, our favorite question, which is, what is healing to you? Healing to me is really getting to the core of who you are and who you are becoming. I just feel like for myself, I've always aspired to continue to develop and grow. And each time I ascend, that's what I call it, I realize that there's another level of healing that needs to be done in order for me to ascend to that next Cheyenne that I want to become. So I just feel like it's really just about spending time with you and understanding what is taking place inside of you what may be holding you back or what do you need to do in order to get yourself ahead to the next level. And so I really resonated with what she said because I don't use a sin, but I use elevate. And I understand what she's saying is on the healing journey. It is about going higher with yourself, but at the same time, getting back to the core of who you are. And there's a lot of insight into doing both of those things. I can absolutely resonate with that. We cannot tackle all of the things at once. And the idea that there are different levels or different layers or different things that we tackle about ourselves, address, either heal or push ourselves, that makes so much sense. I mean, even if you look at children, they learn one major thing at a time. And sometimes in doing that, they backtrack in other areas because they're so focused on learning how to play with other kids for their first time in daycare that they lose potty training, right? Like this is just (laughs) normal stuff. And you know, that's because we're human. And so it makes a lot of sense that there's these levels and layers as we address 
one thing after another as we continue to identify and learn those areas in which we want to better ourselves. Yeah. And I also see it as there's building blocks too. Those levels and layers are building blocks on each other because we have to get through one part of the healing journey in order to get to the next part. And what I'm recently learning in my second deep dive of healing is that with some of the downloads, I couldn't receive this information that was going to continue to elevate me to the next version of myself until I had the last season's lessons and things like that because they're all connected. But we have to be able to also be prepared to be able to receive the information so that we can comprehend it and understand how to apply it to our lives where it actually creates benefits for us in the healing process. Absolutely. We can't run until we walk. Exactly. And so I went on to ask Cheyenne about when she knew she needed to heal as she was beginning this journey, if there were signs or triggers or things like that. Absolutely. I went through a relationship. It was, quote unquote, my first adult relationship. I was pretty young, but I was a legal age. And it was domestic violence relationship, very hard on myself, on my body, on my mind. And when I was able to get myself out of that situation and get out into the world by myself, I realized that there was some behavioral patterns and thinking that just didn't support me for where I was trying to go. And it wasn't that I thought I needed healing. It kind of just fell on me. And I had to take it for what it was, and it just opened up the door for healing. Did you know what to do when it kind of just fell upon you? Not exactly. So I can say when I moved out into my first apartment by myself, I did not have a television or Wi-Fi, so I was left with myself, okay? And dealing with yourself sometimes can be very hard and I actually went to the library and started renting books. And the ones that stuck out to me were always self-development or personal development. And that was basically me going down the rabbit hole. And so I was learning about different foods. That was my first introduction to healing. I didn't really like my body. And I was working out, trying to learn how to eat healthy. I had no background about nutrition or anything and learning about foods and how they affect us, especially a woman's body, was the first introduction for me to healing. So once I started implementing those new, like eating holistically, taking out processed foods and learning how to cook for myself, that was like a form of nurturing to me. And that then led me into exercising, which then led me into learning about self-care and so it's kind of like a downward rippling effect to my healing journey. But it wasn't really like, okay, I need this emotional healing. So let me go figure out how to do it. It started with food. We are our own worst critic. And she was very critical of how she looked. So she started there first and foremost to get to the place of emotional and mental healing, which then prepared her for the next level of the healing journey. I think that makes a lot of sense. We talk about mind, body, spirit, and the connection between them. And focusing on healing the body often opens doors to healing mind and spirit because they're all connected. And so that totally makes sense. 
Yeah. And I also think that mind, body, spirit, it doesn't really matter the order. I don't think there's one way that you can do that and go about that in your healing journey, whatever resonates most with you. Right. And so for her, it started with body. Others, it might start with the mind or the spirit. It just really depends. And so for her, that was really helpful. And it got her to the next level. So in what she was learning about herself through healing her body and the way she treated herself with food and how she was nurturing her body through what she was eating and getting more educated about that. And I totally understand that because there's always a trigger or something that lets us know, but sometimes it's not so grandiose, if you will. It's not always And in a moment, traumatic experience, sometimes it can be the subconscious that is letting us know that we need to heal, that things need to change, that we need to try new things in order for us to be better and to heal some of the traumas and the hurts that we're experiencing. Once I started detoxing from the toxic foods that I was eating and started implementing more healthy foods, then once you start working on one thing, it's like, okay... The door opens and then you're realizing like, oh, I was pushing this emotional trauma to the side. And that's when I realized I need to figure out what else I need to do. And that's when meditation came in. And so it's just funny because I'm on I call YouTube YouTube University. And so as I'm always researching holistic healing, it will open up so much more information for you. So once I learned about the food, that's when the meditations came about. And I had a lot of free time. I'm just a product of it. I just tried it. I'm like, okay, if this is supposed to work, let me try it. And I'm never afraid to try new things, especially when it comes to healing holistically. My home is literally my safe haven. I have created it to be my healing sanctuary. And so I just create the space I have my incense, I have my candles lit, and I just try. And what it did for me was it really opened me up to what I was capable of without having to look for outside sources. So I'm huge on reading. So anytime I'm able to read some new information that shows me how to heal, I just run and I try to implement it. I think as you and I both know, sitting with yourself, Again, quieting those distractions is when those inner voices get a little bit louder because they're telling us it's time to really start looking introspectively and reflecting on our lives and on our decisions and on our experiences to start asking ourselves questions about why we show up the way we show up and what's the root cause of certain things. And so that is what Cheyenne began to do because she had the space and the time. It was right for her. And she said she jumped into the deep end and started to ask herself those questions. And she started to really heal in that moment or begin the healing journey. She surrendered and submitted to that time and that process. It's difficult to choose to turn off the distractions. And when the universe gives us the opportunity to do so, in Cheyenne's case, without really a choice, right? There's like this, well, here you go. That's an incredible gift because it is in silence that we connect with the inner voice. We're conditioned already to be so busy, to be on the go, to fill our schedules until like we're maxed out. And I like to believe that that is kind of our subconscious way of 
staying away from dealing with the things that need to be dealt with. And that was something that Cheyenne and I had a conversation about as well, because we fill our lives with people, places and things that we don't have enough me time. And then that me time is intimidating. And so we then have to make a choice to say, okay, I'm just going ahead and figure out what this is in me that's telling me I need to like look into this or we can decide to keep running. And oftentimes we err on the side of running because it's more comfortable. And being uncomfortable for most of us is something that we don't like to be because we have no control. We have to relinquish control on the healing journey. And so Cheyenne talked a lot about that in her journey, what she's been learning, how it's really impacted her, because just watching her and hearing her story, I think it's always beautiful to see the transformation because she is very positive. She speaks with ease and flow and just kind of carries herself in a very, the word that's coming to me is like effervescence. It was nurturing and soothing to me to just kind of be sitting aside from her and just being like, oh, wow. Like, I love how brave she is to tell her story and how she's doing it so calmly and peacefully. That's incredible testament to the healing journey. The truth is that sitting in silence and listening to ourselves, listening to the voices is extremely uncomfortable. But the truth is by focusing externally, by looking for a distraction or by making someone else the person to blame and not sitting with the uncomfortable silence and dealing with our own voices, we are uncomfortable everywhere. And it is only when we become comfortable with ourselves in the silence that we then become comfortable elsewhere. So it is not a coincidence that Cheyenne has this effervescence about her because she is now comfortable in herself. And that is such an incredible gift that the healing journey gives us is that when we become comfortable within ourselves, we are comfortable in other situations with other people. And then we create safe spaces for other people to feel comfortable because we are giving off this energy of safety because we feel safe within ourselves. And that was something else that we talked about was creating safe spaces. And we also use the term safe havens and sanctuaries. And so her and I actually shared a practice that we both do in our home, which is we have created these safe havens and sanctuaries within our living rooms. My sanctuary is in my living room. As soon as you walk in, you feel the peace. And that was my goal was to create it for myself. And as a bypass of that, my friends and my family, when they come over, they feel it as well. I resonated 100% because I've done the same thing in my home and people say the same thing. When they enter, they feel a sense of energy. And when they leave, they feel inspired and safe. So it's really important to do because it is kind of a positive feedback loop or a ripple effect. When we start to develop certain healthy practices in our lives to preserve ourselves, to better ourselves, to manage ourselves, it really is kind of contagious because people are inspired by that. Because no matter if we all are kind of dysfunctional or discombobulated because that is the conditioning of the world and that is a place we become comfortable, people always still have this desire to be better and to get more What's coming to me is control by losing control. I think we gain control by losing control and relinquishing control is a little ironic, but it feels that way when we relinquish control and surrender and submit to the process. It feels like we're taken care of. At least that's how I feel. I completely resonate with that. We give up control of the external 
and focus on the things we actually do have control over, which is our reactions, our thoughts, our emotions, our actions. When we focus on those things, we feel far more in control of the things that felt completely out of control before. I also just want to add that I completely agree that your home is a safe place. And I do agree that that is a reflection, right? You show up in the world as a person who is safe. And so your home feels that way. As soon as you walk in the door, you're like, I don't really know why, but this feels great. (laughs) Well, thank you for that, Bridget. You become it. It's almost hard not to create those spaces like that is you in any space that you go in. So that's amazing because I want people to experience what I've experienced, which has helped me. I think, too, when we're talking about spaces, the main space in your home where you welcome folks originally, there's no television in that space. And I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it creates this feeling immediately that I am the focus, that you are the focus. There's something about that, right? And as we're talking about distractions and we're talking about space, there's something to be said about intentionally creating space for ourselves that is healing. And then when we feel safe enough to invite others into that space so they too can heal. Both of our homes are a reflection of us. I love walking into your living room with all the plants and just it gives energy. Plants represent oxygen and growth in many things for various people. But like it feels like you want to take a deep breath, a real deep breath. And you are getting filled with like clean air and oxygen. It feels safe and secure, too, because you have your cards, your affirmation decks and things like that. It's very homey. And I definitely think it represents you as well. And that is in line with who we are in the spaces that we operate becomes a reflection of us. And as we develop and grow and transform on the healing journey, I think those spaces, they develop, grow and transform and evolve with us, right? Because I can't tell you how many iterations I've had of my living room. (laughs) It's been a journey. It goes up and down and it follows me in all of the crevices and pit stops along the way of the journey. And I think it's really interesting to see that. And I would challenge people to really pay attention to when they go to people's houses and even just like in the way that we dress, right? Like I think our seasons reflect where we are and how we show up and from the way that we dress to the way that we talk to the style of kind of like who we are at the moment, which is pretty cool. I also would suggest that you can be your own catalyst by intentionally finding a space in your home to change, to have it reflect you. I think we often find ourselves in ruts of habitual, it's always the same, so it's always going to be the same, rather than stopping and saying, okay, every day I come home and I don't have a place for my coat, so it goes on the back of a chair, right? Which there's nothing wrong with that. But as you examine your habits and examine your space, taking the time to clean out the junk drawer, whatever small ways it is to make your space feel more comfortable, feel more of a reflection of you, it becomes a circle where it rewards you. So you taking the time to create the space then rewards you, and then you take more time to create the space. It becomes this cycle of healing. So I would say that, yes, your space can be a healing for you, but you can also create healing by changing your space. 
that was what Cheyenne and I were talking about on her journey, being able to create those spaces. She also shared like one of her tools in her healing process that really helps her is dancing. I always say that I can't dance, but I love to dance. If I can just have a night out in a dim room with some girlfriends and we're just dancing the night away, that is so healing to my soul. Cheyenne, you are not alone. I love to dance too. And dance therapy is actually one of the tools that I use primarily being able to release and to be free and to just be in my body. Movement of body is so freeing, liberating, and it's a different kind of release. You let off a lot of whatever we are holding on in our bodies, whether we know it or not. Through dancing, that stuff can be released. And it brings such a peace and uplifting spirit to me personally. So I resonate 100%. I actually was just watching this documentary. I believe it's on Hulu or Netflix. But there's this lady who for years has been teaching women how to tap into their divine feminine and their sensuality into their bodies as a form of trauma healing. And they do pole dancing. I used to consistently do pole dancing and sexy chair dance classes for my birthday, 26, 27, 28, or 27, 28, 29. And it was such a transcending experience because you get to really tap in and just be laser focused into your body and into your movement. And it felt so good. At the time, I'm just like, oh, this is fun to do. But now in my healing, and then also watching that documentary, I'm like, wow, this is actually very healing. Oh, my goodness. I've literally been Googling pleaser heels because I want to do pole dancing classes. I am all about that. I love to dance. I love to like if you come into my home, it's funny. I'll have my friends over. We'll turn the lights off. I'll turn some music on and we'll just twerk. OK, let's dance. Let's twerk. And it's such a release. It's safe space. You don't have guys coming up on you if you don't want them. And you can just enjoy your energy, the feminine energy. And I'm so excited because now I know, get my pleaser heels because this is probably my next phase of healing. It's so freeing and liberating because, again, that is what she has created in her space. And so when people come, it's kind of like when in Rome, you adapt to the spaces that you're in and to the customs of that person's home. And so I thought that was really cool. Healing is not always about the serious things, right? It can be fun. It can be a lot of laughter and it can be easy going and free flowing. So I love that she has shared that. And I also asked Cheyenne to share who she is today versus who she was, because the journey definitely evolves us on the journey as we get these downloads and this insight and we heal old wounds. Yes. So I will say Cheyenne today is a lot more courageous than she's ever been before. I'm a lot more outgoing. I'm willing to reach out to people and reach out for opportunities that I may have been more shy about in the past or felt unqualified for. Cheyenne in the past was very much of a people pleaser. I was such a people pleaser. I was very passive and it led to a lot of resentment. So now today, I'm able to really ask for what I want and not be ashamed of it and dismiss what I don't like and not be ashamed of it as well. And I'm pretty much, I stand in it. And sometimes I can notice I'll have certain new friends around me. 
they may not take well to it because they're not used to people completely knowing what they want. And I'm so unapologetic about it that it makes me pat myself on the back. It may not make everyone happy, but it makes me happy at the end of the day because I know who I used to be. I can resonate with that as well. What I've learned personally about the healing journey is that it is so good for us individually, but it doesn't always feel good to other people, especially when we start to take ownership of our well-being and setting boundaries and then upholding those boundaries, it becomes difficult to kind of coexist in certain spaces and to have conversations with people who've known you about where you are, where you're headed, and what types of things that you are focusing on. So that is the part about healing that it's very complex because it's beautiful yet challenging for all the parties that are involved or that are impacted by it. Absolutely. That's one thing that I realized on my journey. I go home to Cheyenne, and as long as I'm happy with that, laying down with Cheyenne, and I'm happy how I conducted myself for the day, then that's what matters the most. And so one of the other things I mentioned earlier is that Cheyenne is a co-author of a book, and that book is called A Black Woman's Guide to Love and Business, A Blueprint to Self-Mastery. So this opportunity was so amazing. The woman who organized this book, I actually met her at a networking event in Columbus. And so that just goes to show networking is so beautiful when you meet new relationships. She actually called me and asked me to be a part of a book. And this was last year. I was shocked. I was so excited. And I immediately said yes. And the funny thing is, I've been reading self-mastery and self-help books for about three years prior to being involved in this opportunity. And so there's about 10 of us and we all came together and wrote our versions of our experience in love and our experience in business. And so with me, when it came to writing about love, I shared my experience of domestic violence in that relationship and what I learned from it. And it kind of ripped the Band-Aid off of a wound that I thought was healed, but it wasn't. And it took me about three days to write my piece because I had to keep pausing because I was reliving the entire experience all over again. When I said yes, I did not know that that was going to happen. And so I proofread it once. And I'll be honest with you, I never read it again. But after that, I learned that I had a lot more healing to do. I thought that I was past a lot of that trauma, but I wasn't. I pretty much pushed it to the side to work on other things like my physical health and my nutrition. And I didn't realize that I isolated my emotional health and pushed it to the side. So it was very interesting. I could say I was not expecting it at all. This was last year on my 28th birthday. And that's what I was hit with. I had such a beautiful birthday. And then the book came out and I was like, wow, Cheyenne, you have a lot of work to do. You're not really, quote unquote, healed. And that's when I realized like healing is a journey. You will never really be finished with it as long as you keep living life. I don't believe anything happens happenstance. I think everything happens for a reason. And I think that being asked to be a co-author of this book was very much so that she could deal and heal from that trauma because you have placed a Band-Aid over it. And so I thought it was pretty interesting because a lot of times we will have this false sense of, 
oh, we're healed already. I don't need to deal with that. I'm good until something triggers us. Healing is not linear. It is definitely circular, like a spiral, like a coil. And we come back around to dismantle another layer. And I personally can resonate with thinking, I thought I dealt with this one already. Here it is again, right in my (laughs) face. Yep. That's how it goes sometimes. It really does. And I think we're strong enough to handle it. Like certain things have to happen before we get to that point. And so she needed to have certain experiences before she could have the courage and the strength and the endurance to be able to really deal with something that was so traumatic to her. So we all experience that, but we get through it. So I asked Cheyenne more about some of the tools that she used. And like I mentioned before, dancing is one and tapping into her divine feminine is one of the ways that she can release and be her authentic self because she did talk about how like for all of her life, she's always been super girly and super feminine and used to get made fun of. And now as an adult, as a part of her healing, this is one of the tools that really helps her to tap into who she was authentically, but kind of dimmed that light for because other people saw it as an issue. And so that's really been helping her. And she also mentioned using medicinal mushrooms, which is something that a couple of our other guests have talked about. I just realized that I had some more inner work to do. I am a believer of medicinal healing drugs. And I have a few friends who are also like herbalists and um, they're very big into nature and healing. And I actually used medicinal mushrooms for this chapter in my life. I was using them to microdose. And the first time I did, um, I drank a tea and I actually went into a very deep meditation. So in this meditation, I was very intentional. I knew that I had work to do in order to get past this. And I actually saw multiple versions of my inner child in this meditation. We were at this house and there was about four or five of her. And she was just standing on the porch, but just looked very sad, very hurt. And I went up to each version of her and I consoled her and I told her, you know, it's okay. You're safe now. You're past that you're not in harm's way anymore. And it was such a deep meditation. I wasn't expecting that, but I remember just crying, not even in a sad way, but in a releasing way. And when I got up from that meditation, I felt so amazing. I felt so much better. And so from then, I continued on the microdosing. I did that for about two more months. And I don't know if any of you all know, but there's a documentary called Fantastic Fungi, and it just talks about all of the healing properties of mushrooms, how it heals your brain from trauma and things like that. And so I'm so grateful for the mushroom because it allowed me to heal that very traumatic time in my life and really just move forward. I have personal experience with medicinal mushrooms and the power of them to change brain chemistry. And just like any powerful medicine, they deserve respect and deserve to be used in a way that is safe and with guidance and not recklessly. And it can be a very powerful healing tool to change your brain. I mean, there's actually studies out there now that are showing how powerful these 
plant-based medicines can be in healing wounds in our psyche. If people are interested in tapping into any kind of medicinal, holistic healing, like mushrooms or marijuana or anything like that, where does one start to get the information on something like that? Should they just do like a simple Google search or reach out? Is there a place that they can reach out to books? That's a great question. So there are a couple documentaries out that are helpful. I think one is called DMT, the Miracle Molecule. Another is, I think it's Fungi or... Oh, yeah, on Netflix. Yes. Oh, yeah, Cheyenne talked about that. Yes. So those documentaries are a really good place to talk about some of the history, some of the studies, and also some of the risks. I think that's important. And then from there, I think, unfortunately, because it is not currently regulated in the United States, it's difficult to find how to go about experiencing that. And so there's a couple options. Travel to a country where it is legal and you can work with a traditional shaman to experience that, which we've had guests talk about. And another is to find shaman locally. I mean, there are healers that specialize in these modalities. And the only problem is it's not as easy as just Googling it because of the regulations. But I definitely encourage folks to work with someone who has a practice, who has experience, who can be a guide. I don't think it's something that anyone should experience without someone to be present on that journey. Okay, yeah. Well, that's definitely good to know. And I think for anybody who is interested, just having some of that basic information is going to be able to guide them on that experience. So thank you for sharing that, Bridget. And obviously it works because we've had several people come on the podcast to talk about some of these holistic practices that have been very helpful in them getting to the bottom of who they are and getting through the healing journey. So I think it's amazing. And wrapping up with Shai and she shared some of her top three lessons that she's learned on her journey. I'll say the first thing I learned is that love is the highest frequency and it can just open up so many doors in so many ways if you just resonate with your heart space. I'm very much into my chakras. So I'll say that is one thing. Secondly, I will say healing does not have a time frame. And just respecting that and understanding that what we go through is not always for us. It's for the next person to help the next person. So don't be selfish with your lessons. And Three, I would just say, put your pride to the side. That's what I've learned. Don't be ashamed to say that I'm not in a space right now to give. I'm not in a space right now to be around people. I'm not in a space right now to be in a relationship, right? I feel like women, we get shamed all the time for the relationships that we do or don't have. And I just learned to be okay with where you're at. And it's okay to share that with others as well and not be ashamed about it. I would say tap into divine source. Tap into God. Tap into higher power because God has literally directed my footsteps into my healing. And I would not be the woman that I am today without God. I would just say sometimes the road will seem lonely because you have to cut off certain habits 
thinking patterns, people that no longer resonate with where you're trying to go. But God will never leave you. God will always be with you, always guide you. And so keep God first and you will not feel like you're alone on this journey. I love the line, don't be selfish with your lessons. Community is created on authentic sharing of what we've experienced. And so words are powerful and those words are incredible. I love that. Right. Where's our power? I'm like, man, I'm going to start using that now. (laughs) Don't be selfish with your blessings or your lessons, okay? Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Cheyenne, for being our guest today. And thank you to our episode sponsor, Kelly Redmond. We are so grateful to you. This is Tears, Ties, and Transformation, a podcast about healing. I am Kiana Daniels. And I'm Bridget Flaherty. I see. I see new times. So this is a passage from my book that I wrote, and this is when it comes to self-love. The catch is you have to do the work. No one can love you like you love yourself, and no one can heal you but you. Most of all, invite God along on your journey with you. I can honestly say that if it weren't for divine intervention, I couldn't transmute those dark times. I'm grateful for my journey of self-love. I wouldn't appreciate life as much as I would if I didn't survive my dark times. Light always wins. Self-love always wins. Choose love. Not the love that requires pain. Not the love that requires you to compromise your values or the love that leaves you stripped of your self-worth. Choose the love that fills you up. The love that is from your soul. The love that is abundant. And the love that comes from within. Carry on through the years, transform through the tears, the audacity of you going through it all, the audacity of you trusting self.